Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to Wealth is in the Details with Peter Raskin from Raskin Planning Group. Peter, how are you? I'm doing fine, Eric. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. I, I'm, I'm super excited about today's show. Um, it's not going to be an easy show for me. I'll tell you that because I'm a little emotional, you know, just the way I am naturally. And you're talking about a pretty big deal. Um, and you're sharing something very personal today. And I, and I appreciate that. And I know the audience will as well. So why don't you give the audience an idea of what you're talking about? Yeah, my, my uh, after a fairly long illness, my, my dad passed away at the end of March, March 26th. And, uh, and you know, I, when thinking about this podcast, I said, you know, this is something I should share with my listeners because it's it was it's one of the most important things that's happened to me in my world, and uh, and I think there were, you know, lessons to be learned and things that that I could share that um, I thought were interesting and, and and it's meaningful for me. So, um, you know, I thought I'd pass that information on. You know, it's it's funny. Um, you know, my my dad. Uh, was not one to give lots of advice or lecture. Um, he would tend to pontificate, but he would, but that's different than lecturing, mm. as far as I'm concerned. You know, he wasn't judging uh, the people around him, um, and uh, so. I, but I thought I'd share kind of the things that I observed and learned over over my lifetime. Yeah, I, I love the way you put that because what that says to me or what I hear in that is that there's wisdom. Somebody who is able to do that and not pass judgment or tell somebody else what they're supposed to do, if you will, um, that, that's a lot of wisdom. You, you let people take from what you say what they believe they need to hear and make their own decisions and just guide along the way. And that's what it sounds like he did. Yeah, I always felt that way. I, he he never, um, I never felt judged. I always felt supported. I always mm -hmm. felt like... Um, I was making the best decisions for me at the time throughout my entire life. I felt, yeah. I felt that way. So I'm very lucky in that way. Yeah. Well, let, let's start at the beginning, if you, if you don't mind. Um, who was Charlie Raskin? And I, and I say this because that, obviously that's your father's name, but I also hear that he went by Chuck and maybe a couple other names as well. Yeah, people called him. Yeah, I think different at different times in his life, um, he took on a different names. So it was Charlie, Chuck, and people called him one of it. His grandkids called him Papa. Yeah. Um, I called him Dad. My sister called him Dad. Uh, so those were his names. And um, he he was uh, just a, a brief background because I don't want to get into all the details. But I just I think it's important to kind of frame who he was. He was he was born in 1919 in Yonkers, New York, which was you know right north of New York City. He grew up in uh, Mount Vernon, New York. Uh, he had a small family, not a, um, you know, n not a wealthy family at all. They were uh, very, very middle class um, in that time. They were, uh, uh, their, their background was Jewish from, from uh, Eastern Europe and, and Russia. Um, so they're surrounded, surrounded by a small family and, and 
and that's what they had. Um, and growing up, he seemed to have many good friends, especially in high school. And, and what's amazing to me is he retained these friends throughout his life. Um, it, it's just fantastic that he was able to do so. It was it was work. He he worked at it. And one of the things that that I learned is that you got got to work at friendship. Um, eventually went on to agricultural college in in Pennsylvania. His uh, his parents did not go to college, but but he did, and uh, graduated. And then he went to do food testing down in Florida and uh, and on the docks of New York. Um, <laughs> not sure exactly what he was doing with that food testing, but but that was his job. Um, and then finally, he, he he decided he wanted to be somehow uh, somehow in the retail business and became a manufacturer's representative for um, mostly companies that uh, distributed um, and sold men's accessories mm. like belts and ties and suspenders and and wallets those were his lines for his uh, you know 35 40 year career mm. uh, and so that's what he did he was a I, I call him a schlepper um, because he was schlepping all over the place, all over the Northeast, um, really to, to large department stores and small department stores um, and having them, helping them sell belts and wallets and suspenders mm-hmm. <laughs> and ties. Uh, he met my mom in, uh, on a ski trip to Canada and uh, they, they married in 1957. Uh, he, he they eventually moved to Boston and um, where they resided for a year or two and then moved to Wayland, Massachusetts, which is right west of the city, about 20 miles west of, uh, of Boston. Um, and they were together for 55 years, um, yeah. seemed to have a wonderful relationship. And uh, it was just they were a great couple. They were a team. Uh, they had three kids. Uh, unfortunately, my brother Tommy uh, died when he was. 16 and a half mm. and so that was a long time ago 1977 and um and they 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 worked through that it was probably one of the hardest things that wow. they've ha- they've ever had to do is work through the death of a child um but they did it with lots of help from um from their many many friends and, and some family because they, both families had, had were, were small families but, but mm-hmm. got lots of help from lots and lots of people and um and they they did just fine um thank god uh and and my mom um she was wonderful and uh we were lucky to have her for as long as we did but she died 12 years ago and um and so now it's just my sister and myself. So that's a, just a little bit of a, a background on, on my dad and, and our family. Yeah. So let me ask you this: Was your mom did did she work or was she a homemaker? Did she stay to raise the kids? I mean, it, it was a different time back then, and that's what the usual story is. But yeah, yeah. My dad, um, he was a worker. He worked all the time. It seemed like, um, and my mom was home um, really until kind of my sister was uh, in, you know, later in elementary school. Mm-hmm. And then she started to go back to work. She worked part time and then she worked full time. Um, and she worked for probably about about 20 years and, yeah. and uh, had, a, had a nice career on working at a university um, local to, to where they lived, um, Brandeis University, and uh, wor- worked there for a long time and was mostly on the administrative side. Yeah. All right, Peter, when you, when you think of your dad, 
really, what is the first thing that comes to mind when we think of him? I think of a, of a, a life well lived, and I know that said a lot, uh, but he just, he really, he just knew how to live, I think. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, you know, he wasn't perfect, there's no doubt about it, um, but he, he was just a great role, role model for me and for many others that were in his orbit, and that's what we kept on hearing over the the last few weeks, uh, you know, with his this, with his funeral and his service, and uh, the Jewish family, they we said shiva for a few days after after the uh, the funeral, and mm. uh, people really told us th about him being such a wonderful role model to them. Mm. And I think that there were lots of reasons for that, and I thought I'd share some of those those reasons that I th I think and that I observed. Um, the people and also people, uh, you know, told us, which was really heartwarming, and uh, and that's what helps you get through these things is remembering uh, the good people in your life and what they've done for you. Well, um, Peter, so one of the things that, that strikes me is that before we even hit the record button today, we were talking a little bit about him, and I think you said he was ninety four, right? Yeah. And, yeah. And, you were told stories by people that were, you know, in his orbit, as you say, but the fact is he outlived so many people that he helped, right? I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's so many more stories that were just lost to time because he outlived probably a ton of people that he mentored, a ton of people that were just connected to him and he grew and developed relationships with it. So I'm, I'm so happy that you have the stories that you did, but I'm just imagining the chapters and full books that could be written by all the other people that just weren't able to be there because he outlived them, which is an amazing yeah. thing. Yeah, he did. He, uh, but there were a lot of people um, still. There were people, a lot of people still left in his world, and yeah. and because uh, he had friends who were uh, younger than both him and my mom. They had many friends, and many of them were younger, mm -hmm. uh, which I think speaks to a lot about uh, who they were. Yeah. And so, so I thought I'd share kind of those things that um, you know why I thought it was such a great a life well lived in, in the things that I observed. And All I think right. the first thing I think when I think about my dad is, is his optimism and his upbeat personality. You, you know, you'd walk, you'd see him and he'd give you that big hello, that big smile. He was really glad to see, see people. He woke up in the morning and uh, he was happy to be alive <laughs> every day. And that, that was the way it always was. He was uh, always ra raring to go. Um, so optimism, I think is, you know, the glass was definitely half full for my dad. And uh, it was just wonderful to be around him in that way. You know, people don't want to be around people that are, are downers. They want to be. <laughs> <laughs> True. They, they want to be people with people that are upbeat. And uh, the other thing that was my dad, I'll just go down the list of the things that, uh, that were, you know, I think great about him. Uh, he was curious. He was just really curious about life, about the world. He kept on wanting to learn. And I'll talk a little bit about being a, a lifelong learner. But he was truly a curious person. Uh, and he loved people. He loved stories. He loved telling stories. He loved listening to stories. Um, and so curiosity about the world and life is something that uh, I think was very powerful for him. Um, the other thing was curious. He he, he evolved. He he he's, it was a very different person um, a, as he grew. Like all like a lot of us, you know, we all learn and, and grow and we, we become different. But but he really 
he, he really embraced um, new things. He, he was a, um, I wouldn't call him an early adopter, but he was, he, he'd see something and he, he'd want to learn about it. He'd want to figure it out. He was doing, 94 years old, he, was, he just totally embraced virtual technology. He mm. was on, the, on Zoom all the time. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, but even as a young man, um, you know, my mom grew up in a different way and, and uh, had different interests. And she introduced him to uh, the arts and theater and reading. And my dad, as a, growing up, he was more interested in playing golf and sports and partying and, and dating and dancing and that kind of stuff. He, he really didn't have a, a thirst for those things, but, but, but over time, um, he embraced it. He loved all those things. I love that. Yeah. And uh, he was one to change his mind. He heard and listened. He was a bit stubborn. Um, <laughs> he was opinionated, definitely opinionated. Um, but he did change his mind. We'd be sitting around the dining room table, you know, at a, at a holiday with the family. And my dad would say something. My dad was um, sometimes would, would uh, speak before thinking. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> As we all do. As we all do, and my dad did it a lot, and he was a man of his time, and he would say something that was uh, may not be uh, politically correct, and we would just just jump on him, and, <laughs> you know, in a in a friendly, loving way. And, of course, <laughs> you know, and he just he would just we just shake our head and say, "Dad," and the kids would say, "Papa, you can't say that," and. Um, <laughs> And he'd smile and he'd say, yeah, you're right, you know, and, and so he, he evolved. He, he really kept on evolving. I think that was why also people liked to be with him because he, while he was opinionated, he wasn't uh, so regimented that, that his, his mind was made up all the time. Uh, so the, the, the next one that, that I wrote down, and this is very important in his world, um, he was disciplined, um, especially around diet and exercise. And uh, he was very careful about what he ate. Um, some of it was just like wrong, um, you know, like uh, not eating fat, you know, was, was something that, that we were all told to do. And he totally embraced it, even the last years. And I, I would, at, you know, at 90 years old, I'd say, Dad, have as much ice cream as you want. Mm -hmm. You're fine. <laughs> Um, so he was always very careful about what he ate. He didn't eat red meat. You know, that was the thing he gave up, but he loved red meat. Mm. And so in the later years, um, we convinced him to go back to red meat and it gave him a lot of pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Good. And, uh, and from an exercise standpoint, he was always, always busy physically uh, exercising, playing tennis, um, uh, running. Uh, skiing, you know, he introduced me to this world of physical exercise, and I embraced it, and uh, and so did the, my brother and my sister, and um, it's a big part of our lives today. And hey, did they, he ever get in the pickleball? No, my sister's in the pickleball, but okay. not my dad. Yeah, All right. yeah, no, tennis was his thing, and he hasn't been able to play tennis for for probably. 20, 25 years because of, uh, of, of too much running, he yeah. caused uh, back pain and, yeah. and serious nerve pain. That's why I was uh, asking about pickleball because I know that's, I would never be able to play tennis even right now. And, and I, mean, I just turned 49, Peter, but the tennis is not my thing. But man, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing some pickleball because. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. supposed to be a great game. People yeah. love it.
Um, so diet and exercise, he was disciplined. Um, one of the most things, the, the, the favorite things about him was he, he really, he loved having fun. He loved looking forward to things like travel and to parties and being social. He was mm -hmm. very, very social. Um, and he loved to be around funny people that made him laugh. He just, he just loved it. Um, it, it was really important, very important part of his world, being with other people and having fun. Mm. Um, and so, you know, well, he, I, I, and I, and I've said this to people, um, you know, he was, I, I think he, he, he'd, he'd enter a room and he, you know, people would say, oh, you brighten the room because you're, you know, you're always smiling, you're always happy. And, and I don't think that, that that's what happened. I think that the people in the room brightened my dad, mm. <laughs> you know, he just loved being with others. Um, so he had a lot of fun, but even despite, you know, his desire to have fun, he worked really hard. Uh, he worked hard at business. He worked hard at maintaining friend and family connections. Mm -hmm. This was really important to him. And uh, he wanted to, he, he, he was a hard worker, like a, lot of, like a lot of people from that generation. You know, they just, they just did it. He, wasn't, he was self-reliant, both, um, you know, socially as well as, uh, as employment is concerned, you know, work. Um, and uh, he, he, it was, it was it's something he enjoyed doing. He enjoyed working, he enjoyed being with friends, and he knew he had to make an effort for both. Um, he was always in motion, uh, working, either working or working in his business or, or around the house, mowing the lawn, painting. Mm -hmm. He'd paint a, paint a side of our little cape house, you know, every, every year he'd paint a side, um, you know, doing yard work, cutting, cutting uh, wood because he had a wood stove for years and, and uh, he'd have five cords of wood dumped on the front lawn and he'd spend the summer cutting it. Mm. <laughs> it wow. was crazy. Uh, he was a lifelong learner. He loved to be with people that were, were interested in the world. He loved serious questions, discussions. He took, um, he and, and my mom, uh, they, they, in their retirement years, they joined an adult learning program at Brandeis University which was again close where they lived and he took classes he took two three classes a year or i mean a semester mm. and uh it became a big part of his social life um it just he again he's taking classes up till the end loved it uh he was involved in his in his uh in his temple and he was he'd go to torah study on saturday mornings and a very important part of his world he just loved the discussions about about Torah and, and, and he wasn't a religious person, but he loved the conversation around it. He loved history. He was very proud of his his religious upbringing and, and what it meant to him, and and he wanted to share that with others. Um, so a lifelong learner. Uh, the other thing I think that is such was such a focus for him was community. He mm -hmm. loved being with with friends. He loved being in at his temple. They were members of organizations like a play reading group. Um, he was actively involved in housing author authority and the, um, uh, the, the council on aging in his, in, his, in his town. He was very active there. And again, he did the adult learning. So these communities were vital to him. It was, uh, lifted him. And I think what a great example to stay engaged uh, across many different groups. And that's why I think so many people were at, at his memorial service. 
as I mentioned to you earlier, there were well over 100 people for a 94-year-old. That's pretty wow. good. Yeah. Because I think he was engaged with so many different communities and so many different people. Um, and then lastly, you know, one of the things I, I observed uh, from him and so so important to me is that he was good to my mom. He was a, he was gentle. He was a good good guy. He was considerate. Um, in some ways, he wasn't always perfect from that perspective, but he, he was good to my mom. And after my mom passed, he really wanted companionship and was blessed to have, have been introduced to uh, another woman, a peer of his, and they had a wonderful relationship, and he was good to her. She was also very good to him. So it was just very nice. He, um, he, and that's a great example, to be good to the people, you know, your loved one. It's so important, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, this is Catherine Broy from the Raskin Planning Group. Apologies for the interruption. Thanks so much for listening to Wealth is in the Details. We hope you're enjoying it so far. If you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, please visit our website at www.raskinplanning.com. Look for the podcast's show notes and connect with us via social media. Now, and I know that we've you've talked on the show many times about age differences and spouses and, and, um, and different times that people pass away, you know, somebody's going to outlive somebody else. Um, and obviously that was your dad in this case, which is actually more rare, right? Usually it's the, the woman that lives longer. Um, but I'm, I'm curious, did your mom and dad have a financial planner? Did they embrace planning? Did they get all the, I mean, obviously having a son <laughs> that's a financial planner that can, you know, probably gave them some pretty doggone good advice through the years. Uh, but did they do that even before maybe you were in the, in the, uh, role that you're in now? Yeah, they did. Um, they, they did, they, they didn't embrace, uh, formal financial planning. Frankly, my, my folks, um, you know, they, they did well enough financially. Mm -hmm. Um, they didn't have a lot. Um, they, they owned a home, they had some savings, they had some inheritance from, uh, my mom's family, which wasn't very much, and it was it, it was there to support uh, uh, my mom's mom and mm -hmm. my mom's brother, who was had been uh, disabled. So it was it was necessary that those those funds be be uh, you know well maintained and, yeah. and invested, and they did have someone a, f a family friend do that, and then um, then I came into business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And so I became their financial advisor, and um, well, I didn't you know, want to ask that question, but yes, yeah, I'm glad yeah. that that's the result. <laughs> um, and and I work with their their other professionals, their accountant, who mm -hmm. was like an uncle to me, um, and uh, their attorney, and uh, they they did what needed to be done, and they they took my advice. And one of the things that I think I I learned is to accept professional advice. Mm -hmm. you know, that's not always easy for people to be trusting enough to accept the advice from others yeah. that, that it, not everyone does that. So I, I learned that. That was something I learned. Um, so yeah, they did have a financial planner. I think a good one, but that, that's just my personal opinion. <laughs> I, I would agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, and some of the lessons I learned and, and observed from, from my folks, because my mom was in, integral in in this in this team um but it, but it, a lot of it a lot of the the on the on the prudent side of 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 life came from my dad you know you just again it's generational um you know he, he didn't come from a lot 
and he didn't spend it until he had it. Yeah. He really didn't. He, That's he, great. He was, very, he was careful. He never, we never really talked about not having a lot. Um, I, I did know my mom wanted to, to, to do, you know, go on more vacation and things like that. But, but my dad, you know, they, they didn't, they didn't really, I never heard them arguing about money. It wasn't an issue around the house. We, but, but it was known that we just didn't have that much, you know, we just, you know, you don't spend it until you have it. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I observed that from the get go. Um, and I, I, over time, and especially when I became their advisor, you know, my dad saved when he could. He, you know, he, at, at, at a point in life, he, he, he was self-employed and he was able to establish a, a pension plan for himself, mm. which allowed him to sock away some money, especially in those higher earning years. Um, and so he, he saved when he could. They, mm. they never went into debt. They never had debt. Um, and I think there's something to be said for that. Yeah. Um, he, while they didn't have a lot, my dad, um, he drove all over the place. He drove 50,000 miles a year. That's mm. a lot of mileage on your car. Yeah. And my dad realized that he had to buy quality cars, not just because he liked driving them, but, but more, more importantly, it was comfortable. He was in that office all day long. Um, it, was a, it was a health issue. And also it became a financial issue. He wanted to buy quality cars, drive them a long, long time. He changed the oil. I remember him under that, under that uh, car changing the oil every 3,000 miles. <laughs> he did it himself. Yeah. Um, he'd walk around turning off the lights and, and it's, I, I still do the same thing. It drives everyone crazy. <laughs> um, he turned off the heat. He, you know, as I mentioned, he cut that firewood so, so we could, uh, have the wood burning stove go. My, 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 especially my, my, my mom and my sister were walking around in down coats around the house. Mm -hmm. Um, so he was very, very prudent. They didn't live large. They didn't have a second home. Uh, they had lots of friends who invited them to um, to their second homes, and they took full advantage of that. Their vacations were modest, uh, and and my dad was a do-it-yourselfer. You know, he was painting, he was mowing the lawn. As I mentioned, he, you know, he's, that's what he did around the house. Yeah. Um, so prudent. He was a prudent steward of of the family income and assets that's that's how i would describe them yeah i think um, that uh you your dad and i would get along very well because i've said to my wife many times you can always put more clothes on i can only take so many off before it becomes embarrassing so right. <laughs> you know, the heat's not going up to 72 i'm sorry i'll be sweating and I'm just, <laughs> it needs to stay at a good even temperature put on a sweater <laughs> exactly uh, so so that was a big part of his financial world is just being careful yeah that's uh, the other thing my dad uh, did it is it's not that he was a uh you know, a great believer in insurance, but he accepted the fact that insurance is part of life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, his best, one of his best buddies was a, was a, was a insurance, insurance agent, life insurance agent, uh, a, a very successful guy. Um, my dad bought a lot of life insurance from, from him. Um, he always had homeowners insurance, umbrella insurance, medical insurance. He had all of that. He, he and he bought long-term care insurance, um, you know, 25 30 years ago well, and yeah. and so thank goodness um that he did 
they spend a lot of years uh, paying premiums, both my mom and dad. Um, mm -hmm. My mom uh, passed away before she could make a claim, but my dad had uh, was making a claim. The last uh, the last six months, he was receiving uh, twenty four hour day care, and um, because of the there's an elimination period with long term care insurance, it eventually paid. And whether whether uh, he he got his money's worth, I'm not sure. It doesn't really matter. But it gave him peace of mind. It gave my sister and, my, and myself yeah. peace of mind. And we were able to bring in as much help as we needed. And that was great. Thank goodness. Yeah, well, I, I think that probably his primary objective, I'm not, not speaking for him, but when you've spoken about this before, really one of the primary objectives is I don't want my kids to have to pay for this kind of stuff, this kind of care, because we know, especially now, it's super expensive. So when he bought his policy 20, 25 years ago, those premiums weren't nearly as much as they would be today, but look at all the, you know, look, look at what he did for his entire family for, you know, for his son and his daughter, the, the, yeah. they didn't have to shoulder that burden. We didn't have to think about it. And, yeah. and, and he had other resources. So it just wasn't an issue. We were, and he was, he was happy about that. He, it, fe yeah. it felt good to him and it felt good to my sister and myself that we were able to, to, to provide that for him. Yeah. It was vital. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so, he, and along the same lines, I think um, he had an attitude of uh, that you should expect the unexpected and mm. that you have to plan for it. Um, and I think, you know, maybe some of that came from um, my brother's illness and, and subsequent passing um, when, he, you know, out of the blue when he was 16. Um, but, you know, my dad always said, you know, we're all, all sitting on that fence post and it doesn't take much to blow you off. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's one reason I, I have always loved what I do, financial planning, because that's, I, I, help, I help our clients understand that, that life is full of unexpected events. It just happens. And we, it's not good or bad. It just is. And mm -hmm. we got to think about that. And my dad, he didn't dwell on it. It wasn't a negative for him. My, my, dad, my brother's passing was, absolutely. Yeah. But just he wasn't fearful. He said, you just, you know, expect, expect this is going to happen. Something's yeah. going to happen. Something's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's a, a big part of what I learned from, from him and, and the way they reacted to um, my brother's passing is that just this stuff, unfortunately, is part of life. Um, so another thing, you know, I think is very clear. Um, again, I think it's somewhat generational, but, but my dad was just very self-reliant. Just, you know, if, if it was going to come from, from, any place it was going to come from their own actions. Mm -hmm. my, my mom working, my dad working, um, their own plan, you know, being thoughtful and planning ahead, um, thinking of others. They were relying on themselves to do it. Um, and they reached and got support, reached out and got support. As I mentioned, he, you know, they, they both trusted professionals and accepted advice. And I think that was, they were, they were easy to work with from that perspective. Um, and my dad was very practical. The other, that's another financial advantage, I think. He was very practical. He was always thinking ahead. You know, just an example, after my mom died, you know, he, he stayed in the house for about a year. Uh, and then he realized, this is not going to cut it. I, mm -hmm. You know, he just couldn't get up on the roof any longer and, and, and shovel snow off the roof. It wasn't going to happen, at, you know, in his, uh, in, his, in, in his early 80s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so they he downsized, and my mom and dad were actually looking to downsize 
before she got sick and, and passed. Um, but but he took action. He they and he he went into an independent living um, uh, uh, facility. It was basically an apartment house that offered um, social a social life. It it it, it, it offered meals. It was safe. It was new. It was practical. He could still be independent. He was driving all over the place for for all those years. Um, you know, very independent. But it was a place where he he could come back and have dinner with people, and it was very important. It was a great great uh, community for him. So it's not that everyone needs to do that, but he was thoughtful about why he was doing it and was uh, was willing to give up his previous world in the town that he'd lived in for, mm -hmm. you know, well over 50, 55 years. Um, you know, he did things like he updated his will, the power of attorney, healthcare proxy. He, 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 he wanted to do those things, make sure that they were current. Um, he was also, he, he, he was practical in the sense that he wanted to um, share with us his feelings about the end. Um, and he's been doing this for years. It was not just the last months. He was for years telling us about his his feelings about um, how he wanted to 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 leave this world. Yeah. He didn't want to suffer. He didn't want to be a burden. Those were vital and important um, values for him. And he was expressed it time and again. And we had no doubts about how he wanted he wanted to live out his last days. It's yeah. just there was no doubt. And that was a great relief. Um, he shared with us, you know, his plan, you know, his, he shared with us his passwords for his, all of his websites, his bank accounts, and it, it, he just made it easy. I wouldn't say he was the most organized person, but he showed us where things were. And, um, you know, we, we figured, we, we have figured it out <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. over these last bunch of months. But thank goodness he was, he was an open book around all that. He felt... He felt like he was in good hands. He'd done his best, and here he is. And he just wanted to help us. He he, he just didn't want to be a burden. And so those are the things that 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 I observed over over my lifetime as both his financial advisor and his son. And I'm really appreciative of of how what what he did and my mom did, you know, over those years. Um, and I thought I'd share that. I thought I thought they were good lessons for me, and for and for our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, we've spoken about your dad before and you've, you've told me other stories off air, you know, when, when we've been speaking and through all this, it, it seems to me you were very lucky to have a, a wonderful mentor. And uh, I, I want to know in, with your role as an advisor, I know that you're always teaching, but how are you educating your kids about financial affairs based on kind of what they've experienced with their grandfather? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm not sure I've I've been perfect around this uh, th this subject. Um, uh, my kids are in their um, in their mid mid and early thirties, so they're they're young adults. They're off on their own doing their own thing, and they're all great people, and um, they're, they're figuring out their world. And we're really proud of them. Uh, and as we they were growing up, I kind of hoped that they would learn like I did, that they would observe my wife and myself and, and use us as an example. And for the most part, I think they have. All three are around financial issues. All three are, are careful and respectful about money, and they, they take it seriously. 
and they live carefully and prudently and and sometimes I wish they'd lighten up a little bit and have have you know <laughs> not be penny wise and pound foolish which I've been accused of and have been been guilty of over my lifetime and so is my dad um, so that's the other side of being overly prudent so you know so I, I'm not I didn't sit them down and say this is a checking account this is a credit card and this is what you should avoid and not avoid um, you know, it may, may, maybe I should have done more of that. My kids are educated. Uh, they know about the world. They're very careful. They're, they're good stewards of their own income and wealth. Um, but I have not educated them around all of those details around wealth. You know, I call this podcast, you know, the wealth is in the details. Well, my kids don't have a lot of wealth um, at this point in time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and um, I'm you know, I probably should have been educating them more over the years, but I haven't. I've been their dad and uh, not their financial planner first. And so I w in, in hindsight, I wish I'd done a little bit more lecturing around those issues and teaching, but that's not who I am. And uh, I'm not sure who the, that's who they wanted me to be. Uh, when my daughter has had financial planning questions, you know, I, I, and she's asked, um, but she didn't feel comfortable talking to me, and I'm perfectly fine with that. I think that's great that she mm -hmm. would be able to tell me that. I, I referred referred her to um, Catherine Broy in my office, who's a CFP, and she's wonderful, and she's uh, smart, and she's great, and all those things. And um, and I told both of them that if they did chat, that everything would be conversation was confidential. And, um, and they did have a good conversation, and, and I think that was, it was really helpful. Um, and if they ever want to get more serious or there's other things they wanted and they didn't want me involved in their financial world, I would definitely refer them um, to others if they wanted. So it's really up to, up to them. It's kind of like it is our clients. You know, I, I leave it up to them. They, they, when they're ready, um, they'll ask for help. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and again, uh... I think we find that in every family. It doesn't matter how, how good the parents are. There's are certain times that you just want to talk to somebody else. And it's it, maybe there's just some privacy stuff or a little, a little bit of embarrassment. Maybe you've made some mistakes. You don't want to tell dad. Uh, but, you know, there, there's I love the fact that you've got Catherine there and, and she's a great resource. Um, but that, that also leads me to one of my last questions as far as this podcast. What about your clients' kids? I mean, that, that's something that you have spoken about, multi-generational wealth and multi-generational planning. Um what about the client's kids at this point? Yeah, I, I, I love helping and being involved with our client's kids. Uh, it, to me, it's one of the most satisfying, uh, it's m most satisfying work that we do. Um, they're great people. Uh, they're, they're interested. If, if They may have their own financial advisor, and that's great too. Um, but I love being introduced to our client's kids and helping them, and, and that gives our clients such great sense of security and uh, that, that their kids are taken care of, you know, well, and they, they can trust us. Um, yeah. So it's, it's really, we love doing that, and we do it a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we'll put a link in the podcast notes for how you can reach Peter and his team. Um, I'm not going to ask Peter for that because I think this is a great way to close uh, today's podcast. Um, I have just gained a much greater appreciation for Charlie Raskin, uh, Chuck as you've said, um, he, he brought up a great man that, uh, I, I, I'm so blessed to be a part of the show, Peter with you. And I've learned a ton from you, just like you learned a ton from your father. Um, so I appreciate you as well. And I appreciate you sharing today. Uh, oh, thanks, about Eric. Your dad. 
yeah it was uh, it felt it felt good and right to to uh talk about my dad and um i i hope you know many of our listeners are are lucky enough to have uh someone in their life like like that it's a, a great blessing all right fantastic peter again thank you so much today Thanks, Eric. Bye-bye. And last thank you goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast with Peter Raskin. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way when Peter comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. We humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corp. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corp., a broker-dealer, member SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is a marketing name for registered representatives of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.